couple weeks back, we started um, the message and the series, and I shared the word for the year, uh, which is the word fortify. And um, I, I'm already seeing, like, how God is using that word in people's lives to just remind us of the things that we need to evaluate in our life, um, the weak links that we need to identify to strengthen, to fortify them. Um, and people uh, have started to look through their life and evaluate their life and begin to take out the trash, so to speak, uh, with the things that they're, they've been carrying for months or years or decades, the things that God has not designed us to carry. And so fortifying and, and stabilizing and, and learning how to stand firm in the finished work of Jesus Christ. We read last, a couple weeks ago, um, about uh, being strong and not just being strong in ourselves, but being strong in the Lord. And that is, a, um, to me, was like a very powerful reminder that we are ought to, we are expected to stand strong, to stand firm, to be strong in the Lord. It, it's part of the Christian life. Um, and sometimes we're not standing strong because we don't realize that we, that we are at war. We don't realize that there is an enemy that's out there to destroy us. And the enemy is not flesh and blood. Um, but it is under the influence of the, our enemy. People are influenced by our enemy. Um, and not just people, but organizations are also influenced by our enemy. And so sometimes we're not aware that we are at war. Because the only war that we see is the war that's, that's done in flesh and blood. We only see that in arguments. And so a lot, a lot of times we identify um, what we see, but don't identify what's the cause of it, what's the root of what we see. So when a person lashes out in anger, what's the root of their anger? When a person is living in, in, in unforgiveness, what's the root of that? When a person is going out of their way to destroy your life, what's behind that? And it's easy for us to blame people and to, and to identify them as being the enemy when we're in our flesh, when we're thinking about ourselves. But when we begin to peel back and, and, and see what Jesus treated and how Jesus treated people, he identified the enemy really, really clearly. And it wasn't the people around him. It wasn't even Judas who betrayed him. It wasn't the soldiers who crucified him. It wasn't even the Pharisees who, who arrested him. And, and, and pushed to, to get him crucified. Jesus said when he was hanging on the cross, Father, forgive them. So he's acknowledging that they are doing him wrong. But he also acknowledged that they do not know what they're doing. What if the people in our life don't know what they're doing? And we are responding to that as if they're supposed to know what they're doing. There is an enemy... And, and this enemy used to be your master. I said last week, there are two kingdoms. And if you believe in the kingdom of God, you have to believe in the kingdom of darkness. They're not equals, but they are there. And God plucks us out from the kingdom of darkness and places us and positions us into his kingdom of light. And so the one that we used to serve, our master, now has become our enemy. 
and he don't like it. But sometimes we live like Satan doesn't care that we were plucked out from his kingdom. Like he's neutral. A couple weeks back, we talked about a faulty belief system in the American church specifically when it comes down to the supernatural, when it comes down to the kingdom of darkness, when it comes down to the devil. We have bought into the lie of, of dismissing him. Um, yes, he is defeated, but he's still influential. influential. He still works his cunning schemes. And um, a couple weeks back, I just want to repeat this because it was so profound to me that I, that I am reminding myself as well as everyone who's here and who's watching that there is no neutral ground in this war. There is no neutral ground. There aren't no good people in between kingdoms. You are truly either in the kingdom of darkness or you are in the kingdom of, of light. What that means for you and me is, is simply this, that we are either under the control of Satan or under the control of the Spirit of God. Say amen. You have to realize that that is the case in your life. We are being influenced by one of two, you can say king, the king of this earth, the prince of this earth, or the king of heavens and the earth. And if we think that we are neutral, then we have bought and submitted ourselves into the lie that makes Satan super happy. He is thrilled if we believe that he is not impactful, that, he, that the result of the issues in our world are people who just don't understand or people who are just mean to us. We, if we begin to see that behind sin, behind the issues of this world lies the devil, then we will begin to see things differently. And this does not, this is not to say that behind every rock is a devil and so we have to be walking afraid or fearful. Um, I love what, what um, C.S. Lewis said. I'm going to read this, um, this quote from his book, uh, Screwtape Letters. He says this, there are two equal and, uh, and opposite errors in which our race can fall about the devils. One is to disbelieve in their existence. The other is to believe and to feel an excessive and unhealthy interest in them. They themselves, the demons, are equally pleased by both errors and hail a materialist or a magician's with the same delight. Meaning that, that we have to have a healthy understanding of what happens in the spiritual world. We read, and we'll read here in Ephesians and, and across other scripture passages, that Jesus was not shy about talking, to, talking about the spiritual world. He was not shy about addressing the demonic influences. But he walked in authority and in power, living from a place that has been, um, that, that is, is a place of overcoming, a place of victory. And so Hollywood and, and, and culture and even the church, we, we know how to try to keep the Bible safe, right? When, it's, when you begin to read the Bible, there are things in scripture where you're like, what is this? And it's easy to not read through it and, and, not, and to just kind of like dismiss it. But when you begin to read patches, passages that we've read um, today uh, and last week and we're going to read today, it is imperative 
that as we read, we begin to not just be enlightened and know with our mind what is, what is being said, but also begin to figure out how do we step into living from this place of understanding. We have to step into it. There has to be a shift in our life so that it's not just information for us to tuck away. This information has to become revelation and has to impact what we do. So if you and I have a very poor view of, of the devil and his power and his influence, and then if today you realize that actually it's a bigger deal than you thought, then that should be demonstrated and played out in how and what we do in our life. So Ephesians. Ephesians chapter 6. We're going to read from verse 10 and, and finish out the chapter to verse 24. And I want us to read through this. Uh, finally, be strengthened by the Lord and by his vast strength. Put on the full armor of God so that you can stand against the schemes of the devil. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers of this darkness, against evil spiritual forces in the heavens. For this reason, take up the full armor of God so that you may be able to resist in the evil day and having prepared everything to take your stand to fortify. Stand therefore, be fortified with truth like a belt around your waist, righteousness like armor on your chest and your feet sandaled with readiness for the gospel of peace. In every situation, in every situation, say every, in every situation, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Pray at all times in the spirit with every prayer and request and stay alert with all perseverance and intercession for all the saints. Uh, he has 18. Okay. 19. I'm gonna, I, I did not tell him so if they can find it in the back. But I just want to finish reading this whole thing. Um, 19. And pray on my behalf that utterance may be given to me in the opening of my mouth to make known with boldness the mystery of the gospel. Verse 20. For which I am an ambassador in chains and in proclaiming it I may speak boldly as I ought to speak. But that you may also... You may know about my circumstances, how I am doing, uh, 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 Tychonus, and the beloved brother and faithful minister in the Lord will make everything known to you. Verse 22, I have sent him to you for this very purpose so that you may know about us and that he may comfort your hearts. Peace be to the brethren. And love with the faith from God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. In verse 24, grace be with you. Grace be with you all who love our Lord Jesus with the incorruptible love. Amen. That's such a powerful scripture for us to, to take a hold of. Because it, just doesn't, it doesn't just reveal to us that there is a spiritual war. But it also reveals to us how do we stand in the presence of this enemy that we call Satan. Um, and I said this a couple of weeks ago and I want, want, I want to re-emphasize that everyone belongs to either us, the kingdom of God, or to the world. 
And I think if we realize that there is no third category, we, we're going to look at the spiritual world completely different. And the word in, we read that either you're in Christ or in the devil means to live under the influence of, to live under the power of, under the authority of, in his grip, in subject to his dominion. So the Bible says the whole world lives under Satan's dominion. The whole world doesn't mean just the church of Satan. It doesn't mean just all the things that we look at and they're like, oh, this is evil by default. But the whole world means the financial world, the business world, the, the whole industry, the stock market, the banking system, the political institutions, the parties, the entertainment, the sports, the education, the family, the home, the neighborhood, civil clubs, social uh, service organizations, country clubs. All of these things that we have placed as neutral organizations are either influenced by the power of God or by the devil. Like think it through. Think it through. I said a couple weeks ago, and I have to repeat this because to me this is such profounding truth that if we grasp it, if we grasp it, we will have a different outlook on everything. We tend to associate the Satan's work with like the things that are obviously demonic and obviously bad. So whenever we see something that's neither here nor there, neither, you know, talking about Christ or, or, or worshiping the devil, we have categorized these things as neutral ground. Your school system is not a neutral ground. Your work environment is not a neutral ground. The friends and the family that you have, they're not neutral ground. They are either influenced by the devil or they are influenced by Christ. There is no third category. There is not a third path. It is this or that. This is one of those things where it's either black or white. Okay. The extent and the spectrum of how deep and how dark goes on both, on both areas. You can be of the devil and still be quote unquote a good person. And you can be of the devil and do sacrificial performances and rituals to worship him. On the Christian side, you can be a good person but not be too spiritual or Christian by association, right? You can be like just barely in. Or you can, be a, you can have a lifestyle that, that's going all out after God. That everything that you do goes to the throne before you actually do it. That every decision you make, you ask the king of kings for advice, for guidance, for peace, for comfort. That, that all of your life is centered around this king. So it's a spectrum of how bad, but it's so easy that in the Christian world, we, we have received that there's a spectrum of Christianity and of Christians. Some are barely just holding on, and then we call those who are all out are pretty extreme. We fail to forget that the church in Acts was the Christian church, even though right now we would look at it as a revival church. Revival is reviving something that was dead. So once you get plucked out from the kingdom of darkness, you are revival. You are living in revival. And our life should reflect that. But because we have taken this neutral ground where we don't identify Satan's work unless it's worshiping Satan, it is easy for us to look at everything neutral. And so we then steer towards this neutral place. I heard this thing that someone once said that, hey, I'm just on the fence here. I'm just on the fence. And the response was, uh, the devil's like, well, uh, I guess that person is mine. 
but I'm not yours. I'm just on the fence. That was like, well, the fence is mine. The Bible says that if you are lukewarm, God will spit you out. Like, think about that. The God who loves you will say... You know, when you spit something out, it's, it's a reference of disgust, of distaste. Something that's in your mouth that does not need to be in your mouth. Like decaf coffee, for example. And with that, Lord, we bless the people. Have a great week. I think what gets us is that, is that when we come to church, we step a little deeper into the spiritual reality of our Christian walk. And that is good, but God is calling us to live out the spiritual aspect every single day. And so we have to begin to look at everything to say, God, this either belongs to you or belongs to the devil. Now, if you know that you have, you used to serve, you used to be under the influence of the kingdom of darkness, of the devil. You used to be influenced by him. Meaning he used to be your master. He used to be your master. When God plucked you out of that kingdom... Your master has now become your enemy. Because when Satan was your master, the Bible says that you were an enemy to God. And I'm telling you right now, it is better to have Satan as your enemy than to have God as your enemy. Trust me that. With God, he has plucked us out. And because he has plucked us out now, we should be living as those that are part of the kingdom of God. And one of the ways is for us to understand from where we came from. And not to minimize and not to dismiss and also not to just isolate us and say, well, as long as I'm saved, praise the Lord. No, we are saved and then we are launched to go into the kingdom of darkness to pluck more people out from the kingdom of darkness into his marvelous light means we have a job. We are more than just soldiers that don't ask questions. They just obey and move and that's it. No, we're more like warriors. But a warrior has to know what they're fighting. A warrior has to know their enemy. And so scripture shows us and reveals to us and I don't want to like park here and just let's talk about the devil because that's not my thing I, I don't care about the devil but the Bible talks about the devil the, the, the Bible talks about the world the spiritual world and the devil has a name and it has and the devil has functions and so we need to understand how the devil attacks and how we need to resist and if the devil is scheming against us, that means that the devil is thinking things through. He's not spontaneous. Like, oh, look, there's an opportunity. No, he is sitting there waiting, scheming against the people of God, against the word of God, against his church. So it's not good enough for us to say that Satan is real and then dismiss his activity in this world. We have to 
agree and we have to submit to this truth that Satan is real and he is influencing everything that's not in God's kingdom. We have to get to that place and I know our cultural Christianity prevents us from doing that because we just want practicalities. We just want to read the Bible, go to church and then continue working on this quote-unquote neutral place. But Satan is real. He's influential. Satan is a created spirit. He's an angel. He's a cherub. He's the highest of all creation. So Satan had a heavenly estate. He was created perfect. He was the guardian, the Bible says, of God's glory. His sin was power and beauty. Nature of his sin was pride. And so God created him perfect. And then he wanted to overthrow God. And so we must respect his positional authority and reign in the spiritual world. We have to respect him, but just because we respect him in that way, in his position, it doesn't mean that we must fear him. Those are not the same. But Satan has strategies of how and what he does. And the Bible calls him Satan, which means adversary. Also calls him devil, slanderer. Lucifer means son of the morn, an evil one, a tempter, the prince of this world. He's the accuser of the brethren. And then he's represented in scripture as a serpent, as a dragon, as an angel of light. So Satan attacks in all sorts of ways. When we think of Satan attacking, a lot of times we just go to the, to the default of, of possession, right? Demonic possession. And anything short of possession, we, dis, we dismiss it as being devil's work. Is that, is that just me or is, is it kind of how we, how we look at it? Unless it's like demonic possession, which we attribute to Satan, which we don't see that often, right? For whatever the reason, we're not going to talk about today, but... But it's not like we encounter demonic possession every day. So it's easy for us to see something that's like that and say that's the devil's work. But what about when we come across with false philosophies? That's the work of the devil. What about false religions? That's the work of the devil. What about false ministers and ministries? What about false doctrine? That's the work of the devil. What about false disciples? Or even false disciplines, false morales. It's just as if, if I do this and this, I'm okay as long as I don't do this and this. Satan knows how to provoke us to sin, like anger, pride, worry, self reliance, discouragement, worldliness, lying, immorality. The root of all of this is Satan's scheming and Satan's working. And I don't want to go into all of the ways that Satan works and his power and his influence. Because if you look at the world, you, can, you will acknowledge that Satan is powerful. 
And he's powerful because he hides behind and he schemes behind closed doors and he works in dark places. So you can never pinpoint something directly to him. But if you begin to peel things back, peel things back, you'll realize you'll end up in one of two kingdoms. This shouldn't scare us who are part of the kingdom of light because Satan, even though he has limited reign and limited access on this earth, he is defeated. He is defeated. So don't you go trying to get your own strength on and say, we're going to go after the devil. No, 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 no. <laughs> He's defeated. Jesus also has destroyed his work. So when he plucks us out from the kingdom of darkness into his life, then Satan's work is destroyed in our life. He has no power to work in us when we're part of the kingdoms of God so by default by our position we have to come into this place as saying hey we are coming from a place of victory not a place of defeat we're not coming from a place of fear but from a place of fortitude we're not coming from a place of, of begging and, and, and walking around. No, we're coming from a place of boldness, a place of courage. Because the Spirit of God who lives in us is mightier than anything out there will ever be. Yeah. Right? Will ever be. But the Spirit of God is not just for us. It's not just for us so that we can huddle and, 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 and be like kumbaya singing in church once a week. No, we have been empowered to do his work on this earth and we will never do his work if we dismiss the work of the devil as just people who are deep you know de uh, possessed right if that's all we're looking for then we have missed our calling and our work so we have to learn about our enemy enough to know how to come against him and more importantly, we have to learn about the tools that God has given us. Because this is not a war where we just go all out. Like we read, there is this, this armor. This armor is a powerful tool for every Christian to have. And so we're going to be unpacking this over the next few weeks. Because we need to know that the devil is real. We need to know that there are two kingdoms in this world that operate that are wanting to destroy we need to know our part we need to know our part what role do we play in this kingdom God has not saved us from his hand from his grip so that we could wait for his return You have to understand that when God pulled you out from his kingdom, by default you have provoked the devil. He has been poked and he has been provoked. And he's going to come after you. And for each person it's going to look different. And if we're not prepared for him, then we will fall under his schemes. He will trick us. He will distract us. He will use other people to cause us to, to, to sin. He will demolish our faith. He will demolish 
who God is. He will question, he will, he will put doubt in your mind to question God's love for you. God's ability to pull you out from wherever you are. He's going to go and attack your value and your worth. He's going to attack your mind into thinking that, that whatever is happening to you, that that's God's way and that's God's will and that's just how it is. And you've got to suck it up and just, you know, plow through. God is a loving God. God is a loving God. He is more for us than we have stepped into. And his desire for us is to discover all of the things that he has given us. Discover all the ways that we are called to walk in. And if your walk doesn't, is not distinguished from the walk of the people in the world, then something's wrong. You should not be a people that don't have faith. You should not be a people who walk defeated. You should not be a people who, who walk with their heads down waiting for a glimpse of goodness to come from another human being. You are designed to be the answer for the world that's broken. You and me are designed to bring the hope to the people who have lost all hope. And if you're living in a hopeless environment, that means that you have lost hope. So you need to fortify your hope in Christ so that you can become a carrier of his hope for other people. There are too many Christians that I would hate to replicate. And that's sad. That's sad. Every time we talk about this, that God always wants more, more for us. That God wants to do incredible things through our life. And a lot of times that falls on like, oh yeah, that's for somebody. That's for somebody. And I'm telling you, like with these, uh, you know, when we started this, this year with the 21 Days of Purpose... I don't know about you guys, but um, man, I just got like just strengthened afresh. I uh, find, found myself just going to God more frequently about every little thing. Believing in God for greater things. Relying on his ability and his strength over mine. Putting into the things, I have a department right now in my mind that says, God's got that. And just dumping everything into that department. <laughs> God's got it. God's got it. And realizing how much God wants to walk with me. So what if we, with this year... Maybe do something that we have not done before and really step into what we say we believe. Like, do you believe that God is a God of love? Then how come you wake up and you don't feel loved? How come when someone comes to you, you cannot offer them love? Do you, feel, do you believe in a God of peace? How come we can rise in the morning in fear? 
mean, just, just think about the disconnection from what we believe to what we say we believe. And what if God wants to bridge that gap so that what we say we believe falls more in line how we actually walk? Imagine your life spoke what you believe. That's what the world is looking for. That's what God wants in you and me because whenever we align our belief system and our walk, things are going to dramatically change in every area of our life. They will change. They must change. They must change. And so I don't know how that looks like for each person individually. But I just want us to take a second as the band comes up. And I just want to take a second and just kind of like, just mull through like, like the areas what, you know, that you believe but you don't really live up to or, or your life doesn't reflect this thing that you believe. So Holy Spirit, I just ask that you be, begin to un, unveil and reveal to us our internal hypocrisies for whatever the reason that what we say we believe and how we live does not line up.